This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, it is that time. It is a Wednesday. It is time to talk to my friend, Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com Cover 3 podcast moderator. How are you, sir? I'm enthused. How are you doing today? Oh, we have an enthused Chip yeah. Patterson. All right, tell me why you are enthused at Chip underscore Patterson. Because I was in the building last night. You know how good it feels ah. to be in the building to see to see the victory again? And as you said, <laughs> on the corner morning after podcast, that it's okay to win. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's okay. Yep. You can go out and do it. It wasn't pretty, but mm. it was a win. First, and it set up... Uh, it sets up a very interesting conclusion to the season on Thursday. Uh, Thursday is a big deal. Um, they won the game in the first period, scored two goals early, and then Ante Ranta had to be good at the end of the first period because if it's 2-1 going into the first intermission, you feel a little bit differently going into the second period. Carolina had control of the game. Even though they allowed the first goal of the second period, uh, everything was cool because Ante did his job, and I said before, He's going to be the game one starter. I just don't know how you could do, go to Freddie Anderson unless Anderson tomorrow night starts and stands on his head. I think the game one starter will be Ante Ranta against whomever they play. So, uh, I want, have you seen the Tom Izzo comments about the uh, the portal? I have not okay. seen them in their entirety. I was listening to the Adam Gold show on the way <laughs> rushing back from Wegmans. And so oh, I did catch the conversation, uh, which I heard was also going to be pitched uh, to Chip Patterson. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, don't them. worry. Chicken breasts are in the refrigerator and we're good to dive in on Tom Izzo in the, in the modern era in college sports. Outsta- outstanding. Oh, like I understand what is to me, it's because all of these things that happen in college sports, how do they impact the coaches? They decide whether they like it or not based on how it impacts them. So I get it's made his life more difficult. Roy Williams used to complain about the the recruiting calendar all the time or how it or, or the NBA draft calendar. Uh, the players would have X amount of time to decide whether or not they were going to come back. And Roy would complain about it based on how it impacted his ability to recruit. I get it. I always look at these things from a perspective of a player. What's best for them? Since I think I always thought that intercollegiate athletics were supposed to be about the athlete experience. So let's look at it from their perspective. I get what Izzo's saying, though. We probably have too much movement, although I think everybody should be allowed at least one free one. Um, that, to me, is the only place where I can understand where Izzo's coming from. The rest of it, he just sounds like old guy. Well, I, first, I want to focus on the coaching side of this. Um, were you a Mad Men fan, or are you a Mad Men fan? I've never watched. Okay, great scene in season four, if you ever decide to dive in, okay. where um, Peggy and Don are in the office and, and she's basically spilling out a lot of frustrations for not getting enough credit. And she says, and you never say thank you. And in a great <laughs> line from the show, uh, Don Draper says, that's what the money's for. And that's what I say to coaches. 
That's what the money's for. And Sonny Dykes, when we were talking to him at the national championship game in Los Angeles, he provided a, an opinion and a point of view and a perspective that was so far from everything that we had heard from coaches all through bowl season, all through the early signing period, complaining, complaining, complaining. And I agree. It is a crunched calendar. The idea that you are having to mm-hmm. recruit high schoolers, recruit your own roster, recruit the transfer portal, prepare for a bowl game, and try to manage all of that at the same time is a ton. It is truly unprecedented in terms of the way that the college football coach um, has built their calendar for years. But what else is unprecedented? College football coaching salaries. And they continue to go up. And they are not changing no matter what the stock market does and no matter what the projections are or the interest rates. The salaries of college football coaches continue to go up. So that's why I call back Don Draper and say that's what the money's for. That's what TCU head coach Sonny Dykes was saying. He said, look, we get paid a lot of money. These are problems for yeah. us to get figured out, and we are being compensated to do that. To Tom Izzo, I, I got to go back to it. That's what the money is for. To your part of this with the players in terms of, um, you know, should we be able to rein this back in? And should we be able to put in some guardrails? I tend to find that the really ridiculous transfer stories stand out because they are uncommon. Mm-hmm. The the four schools in five years right. kind of basketball players. Like that it doesn't happen a ton. It is notable when it does. And sometimes you can tie back some storylines or at least you know some reasons uh, as to why they somewhat make sense. In general, my opinion is that they should have as much movement as the coaches. If the coaches are able to move, then the players should be able to move because it is that player-coach relationship which has established why they're there in the first place. I think we spent how many decades trying to pretend that we were treating the athlete just like the regular student while not allowing them the same freedoms of the regular student. And now that we're that they have the same freedoms of the regular student, we get mad. We get mad at it. Well, it's just, and there's also like a couple. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to uh, air anyone's laundry out. But there are. There was one transfer that did happen, and one transfer that didn't happen. Both quarterbacks, where it was regular student problems. Because if you're a regular student and you want to transfer to another university, you got to get your your classes in order. Your academic. Right. You've got to apply. You've got to be accepted, and they have to be willing to accept your credits. Right. Uh, us as university number two need to look at what you've done at university number one and say that meets our standard. And with one of these quarterbacks, there was not a belief that he was going to be able to get it together to pull all of his credits together to finally end up at school number two. He did. And with uni- with uh, the other quarterback, other schools were looking at what he had done. They're like, we don't accept that. We don't, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if you – you transfer right now. I, I don't know if we can accept you. And that is instances, like if you want to be in the, the purest, we want to treat them as students. I will say that in this last college football transfer window, I have heard of notable um, notable times where the actual academics, actual student part of this process has been a factor in uh, the transfer portal. Well, not in the SEC though, right? It- <laughs> Just kidding. I, I don't. I don't want to besmirch the academic experience of a certain notable Group of Five program. But if there was a talented quarterback at the Group of Five level who certainly could have walked right into the door at the University of Florida and been the QB one, 
but he's not there. Oh, man, that's too bad. So now Billy Napier, he's out here with (laughs) really scraping the edges, trying to be able to put together an offense for the Gators in 2023. Oh, no. All right, let's uh, let me get to really commissioner issues real quick. Chip Patterson, as always, on a Wednesday. Uh, Let's start with the ACC, and these are two related things. Obviously, either Jim Phillips wasn't going to get the gig or Jim Phillips decided that this is where he wanted to be. Oh, it was just like a coaching search. It really we got, was. We, we, got the co- we got the contract extension for candidate A the day before the new hire was announced. It's exactly the way that we figure these things out every single December. I loved the time. I thought when I read the story, I thought, okay, Jim Phillips was not selected as the next Big Ten commissioner. I think, I think people who cover the Big Ten assumed it was going to be Jim Phillips. Uh, so Phillips is the uh, signed a contract, a three-year contract contract extension to stay as commissioner of the ACC. I know some people who cover the ACC that are not happy that Jim Phillips is still the commissioner of the ACC. What are your thoughts on that? I think that um, the most interesting side of this, that he's not going to the Big Ten, means that he has to face all the problems that he's talked about. And I say right. that because I... I think that he's been honest. I think that when something has not gone well for the ACC, Jim Phillips has said, you know, we need to get better here. Right. And being unafraid to, to acknowledge that is great. But if he was just going to leave to go to the Big Ten and not fix any of those problems, it wasn't going to mean a whole lot. Now Jim Phillips is going to be you know, right at the forefront of taking all of the things on that list where he said the ACC needs to get better and he's going to be responsible for that happening. Yeah, a problem heard, solver. Yeah, he's going to have to be a problem solver. I have heard positive feedback of Jim Phillips from ACC football coaches. ACC football coaches who have said that they feel heard and that some of the efforts that even go all the way back to when he first took office during the pandemic and everything else, you know, whether it's Dave Clawson or Dabo Sweeney, they say that Jim Phillips has provided opportunities for the ACC football coaches to feel like they have an outlet and not just have to run all the way through the entire chain of command, that they've got a way to speak to the league office and a way to have real impact. ACC football coaches like him. I, that's, that is a, a group that is supportive, I would say, of Jim Phillips' um, tenure so far, as short as it may be as ACC commissioner. But I am fascinated to see Jim Phillips standing in the larger college sports environment if he still has a lot of the stances and you know opinions and perspectives mm. that he had at the ACC football kickoff last year, then he is standing in one end of the room, and there are other people within the college sports industry that are on the other end. That are he is still in the opinion that the college sports model yep. is worth upholding and not worth tearing down and starting over. That's- he is still looking at all of the sports, not just the revenue sports. And he is still very much looking at a world where the athletic department is a part of the university family. And and that is one end of the room as we look at the future of college sports. Yeah, that would be my criticism of Jim Phillips that Adam Golden studio with my man, coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888 843 
0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, I was I was actually referred to as a Pollyanna yesterday, uh, indirectly, and um, I I accepted it and embraced it actually. But I do think that you could say that there is a Pollyanna-ish view of intercollegiate athletics from a, from a revenue standpoint, from just a place in the college, you know, environment, ecosystem standpoint that really no longer exists. And until we move on from that, until we have uh, thinking, I mean, we have to create revenue streams. We have to treat uh, the athletes differently. We have to treat the 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 sport different we have to treat it like professional sports because that's really what it is it is the biggest money maker that we've got uh in athletics football basketball to an extent but obviously football if we still think about this as an extracurricular activity we just can't grow we can't we we can't move forward we're always going to be trying to drag it back which is why all the conversations I've had with Jim Phillips have dealt with because I've, I've I don't even ask him do we need Congress I just like why do we need Congress why mm-hmm. do you need Congress they're not going to help you and all they're going to try and help you do is restrict and that shouldn't be where we're going so that is my criticism of Jim Phillips and of of some of the other a- the ads and the presidents that that you know that pay his salary is that we need to move beyond this. I don't know. I don't. I don't know intimately what your mark is doing or Sankey in terms of all of the things that they're thinking about. But I would like to see a forward thinker. I hope that Jim Phillips can become that. But I like him personally. But I'm a little worried about that part. I right, if to to push back for the purposes of conversation, I, and I don't, I'm not just doing this for the purposes of conversation. I do believe this. I would like for the room of powerful people that are deciding the future of college athletics to not all be of the same mind. That's just, oh, fine. I, yeah. I, I would like to have one voice that is saying, disconnect the athletic department from the universities, turn them into their own businesses. They become franchises, organizations and college football players are employees of this franchise and they can be compensated and you know, this, that or the other, the like all the way professionalization. And then I would like another voice to be somewhere where Jim Phillips is, because that means that, if we are sensible and reasonable, which who knows uh, that we end up with a little bit of both and we have some kind of compromise because it is, it, it is fascinating and messy. And every single time I think about it, I don't have good answers and someone can always poke holes in my plan. Right. So I, that's why I just would like for the room of power five commissioners and ESPN and Fox and CBS executives and everybody else that that is crafting the future of big time college football and college athletics as a whole. I'd like for there to be a lot of, I would like for there to be disagreement and I would like to land somewhere in the middle on it. But what we need is for the person with the more collegial ideas to be in either the sec or the big 10, since if they have the person with more financial and expansion ideas, they have all the, all the money and all the like. So we're not going to have a narrowing of the uh, of the landscape. We're going to have an expanding. We're going to have a widening of the gap between where the Big Ten is. the The finances are already um, 
you know, overwhelming at times, which is why you see the angst at a Florida State, or I'm guessing there's still plenty of angst at a Clemson or at a Miami, or even at North Carolina down the road. Uh, okay. That we've, you know, we're staring at the 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 gulf between, you know, like why does Vanderbilt get this amount of money uh, out of media, and we here who create a lot more influence than Vanderbilt? It's just like they they are the small house in the gated community whose value goes up because of where they are, and we have it's the opposite for schools in, like, the ACC or the Big 12 or whatever remains of the Pac-10 or Pac-12. Let me ask you about the new commissioner of the Big 10, which comes from the TV ranks. Your thoughts there? I think that the fact it wasn't an outright TV executive, because that was also a possibility here, um, indicates that among the Big 10 university presidents, you know, you are you do have some forward thinkers, but that you've got some some collegial ideas as well. Like if it if it was a former Fox executive, because this we're at least going like, you know, Major League Baseball. You know, you've got like a couple different pieces that you can put together. Right. But I I think that there is still a di- diversity of thought within the ranks of the Big Ten University presidents. And we can sit around and guess which one of those schools cares about the money, which one of those huh. schools cares about back the college side of things. So it's uh it's it's good to see that there's still the versatility of thought in the Big Ten. You can you can care about the college side of things when you're getting a hundred million a year. Right? Yeah. I mean you can you <laughs> you absolutely can. Um all right. Uh final thing. Thoughts on John Rahm and uh winning the Masters, which I said on Monday, it's different when a guy like and I'll just use a a Cam Smith, who's a great player, but is not necessarily a giant in the sport. It's different. It hits differently when a got when a John Rom wins a major. Um, all for about a, a calendar year, we've just kind of been looking at that Rom Rory Scotty yep. uh, trio. Who showed up? I like, they're just, they're just saying no question. Yeah. Rory didn't even make the weekend. Scotty, that hurt. By the way, that hurt. Like me. was. A mess all over the place. Um, you know, forgot how to putt. Was he did. you know? He got back into it on the fringe on Sunday. But. Yeah, but I mean, it was easy to get back into it. Sure, like you could you could come up and join the glut at four, <laughs> five, six. That was sort of building on the leaderboard. But I, I mean, John Rom's just uh, he's he's that dude right I, now. I watched we, him four putt the first hole. I did. I watched him four putt the first hole and hit his drive. He thought too far left on two. He still made birdie. Uh, he was fine from that point. It was, um, I, I've, I mean, we all heard the jokes. Brooks Kepka didn't know what to do after 54 holes. Yada, yada, yada. yada. Yeah, he it. was fine. It was, right <laughs> it was right there. But on the live note, John Rahm and Brooks Kepka, no beef. None. They seem to have a very pleasant time spending 30 holes together. Yes. Which I cannot say I would have a pleasant time with anybody spending 30 holes together in a competitive Wait, environment. I could spend 60 holes with Chip Patterson. Are we competing against each other or with each other? Ah, uh, that's a good point. That's a very but good they, point. You know, those, and, you know, the same sort of thing with Phil. The, it just, it seemed like uh, the idea that we were going to have this massive rivalry of tours at the major championships, if the first major is any indication, it's, it's not a, it's a non-issue. Well, and I don't know. I think it might be an issue in other places. It's the power of the Masters. 
the, ooh, the okay. Masters is the is the overwhelming part of this equation. It in, it it engulfs everything. We might have it at the U.S. Open. We might have it at the PGA. We might have it at the Open Championship. We were never having it at Augusta National. Chip Patterson at Chip underscore Patterson, my friend. I could spend sixty holes with you, even competing. It's, it's I don't know if I could spend sixty holes oh, with me, competing. man. I'm walking out. Oh. I'm I'm mad at myself, <laughs> throwing myself into Ray's Creek. <laughs> Oh, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.